Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. I have had a couple of interesting conversations in the last couple of days around people in the church that we simply don't like. And it might be, as somebody would say, like for no other reason than just personality differences. Okay, well, let's talk about that for just a minute. Because while I fully acknowledge that there are people that we find more congenial to our soul, there are people that we meet in our lives who are like, oh, you are my favorite person ever, or at least in the top 10 or something. There are other people that there is such, it's almost like an internal revulsion. And I think we can try to spiritualize that and say, oh, the Lord puts these people in my life so that I can become more godly and love them like he loves them. Amen. But the reality is that might not actually be the whole story. So one example, if you are a medical practitioner and someone comes in who is in the middle of transitioning from being biologically male to being a chemically enhanced female, there is a level of saying, I actually don't want to celebrate that. And if the person is like, look at how long my hair is getting now. Isn't it fabulous? There's a level of saying, I don't actually want to engage with this. That as much as we want to love the person, there's also part of saying there is nothing healthy or natural about having to take hormones for the rest of your life. And when we look at the overall life expectancy for people who have transitioned, it's, it's not actually happy because what is driving that is not something that is tending towards joy. It's against the natural order. And so I love the book, Why Gender Matters, to talk about this by Dr. Leonard Sachs, where he goes into the biology of male and female. But the point of this interaction is not to say this is the specific thing that's really bad. The point is that when a person comes in, you genuinely want to care for them as a human, but you don't want to care for the unhealth that they carry. It's kind of like, can the person come through the door, but the things that are tending towards unhealth, the things that are driving mutilation and other just unfortunate things, that needs to stay outside. In my space, I get to actually interact with the real person. And so that would be an example. The issue is not that the medical practitioner is or has a problem. The issue is that when you are someone who carries peace and you come into contact with someone who carries ugliness or unhealth, there is, it is natural to say, I want more for you than this. I But it's also, the revulsion is not a problem. It's an actual like healthy reaction. So let me give a couple other examples because this is, again, I just don't think that this is talked about. And I know in my own past, there have been times where I'm like, I feel like a horrible person because I am struggling with loathing or revulsion and Lord, take it away, take it away. And he would never take it away. And it wasn't until a decade later that I realized, oh, That was actually a gift from the Lord. That was discernment. (laughs) Discernment is such a gift and we don't always recognize it for what it is. And so I was talking to another friend and she said, 
that in their prayer meeting at church, there was a particular man, and if it was time to lay hands, that she was like, I just could not handle the way that his fingernails, they were kind of like pointy and they would dig into my skin. And I just didn't want him touching me and never felt good. It always felt yucky. And happily, I had already talked about that with Bob, Um, not from my own personal experience, but for some reason he had mentioned that pretty early on when he was first mentoring me. And he said, oh, there are people I would never allow them to touch me in prayer. <laughs> and just because they, I can tell that they are not clean people and I do not want their uncleanness on me. So to whatever extent that a prayer is going to be a good prayer, then I can receive it. But it is also really okay, like my friend in this particular story, where she would mentally say, I do not agree with anything that this man is saying. I'm just saying no to all that he carries. I do not want it to be any part of it. And over time, there were a few other kind of troubling things that came to be. And eventually they said, you are not welcome in this prayer meeting anymore. And so that was actually necessary. As much as we as kind, godly people think, oh, we just need everybody to be a part, like more prayer, the better. The reality is there are evil people (laughs) who seek to come in and infiltrate and do evil things. And that's that's not good. There, I guess if you think about this, if you were an evil-minded person, where would you go to try to neutralize the power of the enemy? So in this case, it's kind of like a screw tape letter. It's like you have to think in reverse. But the reality is, if you're a witch, you're going to want to go and shut down the prayer meeting as best you can. So this is a tactic. It's not holy. It's ugly, but it happens. So there's a level of saying like, let's please not be naive. Let's please just acknowledge that this is a thing and that it's okay that we don't think like that. Thank God. But also to say, then Lord, we need your wisdom and your shrewdness. I had another friend write to me and say, after some healing prayer, that there were two women who had come up to her, or three, two or three women in a particular restaurant. And she was like, every one of them, I just cannot stand that like, and she was so gracious, right? Like such a kind person, but to, like, if you read between the lines, it's kind of like, they make my skin crawl. <laughs> Yuck. Can they please stay away from me? And yet they all came and they all wanted to come and interact with her. Okay. Well, one of the things that is very normal in exorcisms and in other cutting free prayers deep healing prayer. And so I will use a crass example, but for, let's say a woman who slept with her boyfriend in high school, if she goes in for healing prayer, it is not uncommon in the next three days for that boyfriend to reach out to her, even if she hasn't heard from him in three decades. Very normal. Because what happens is in the spirit, they had a connection that then gets broken. And the other person's like, wait a minute. I need that back. And that's not healthy. That's not good. (laughs) That's not from the Lord. And so then what you do is you say, oh, okay, like here I am in church or not in church. I'm here in this restaurant or in this place. Here come these three people that I do not like. And they like within two days of having healing prayer here, they all come. Okay. That like, what do you want me to do with that Lord? And that's then just something to take up with him. Is this an issue of my own heart needing to be healed? Or is this an issue of 
uh, some level of demonic oppression was released. And now there's a, a tapping to kind of see, can I get back in? Can I get back in? Corey Tenboom talks about this as well, that it is very normal. She calls it something like the ding dong principle, <laughs> where if you are uh, ringing a bell in a church steeple and you've rung the bell and you've rung the bell and you're pulling the rope, that at some point, if you, if the rope breaks, that the bell is still going to continue to go ding dong for a little bit longer, right? Like there's a few more waves that are going to continue to click through or ding dong through. And she said, that's the way it is with an exorcism, that the demons have been able to make you do something for a long time. And your natural tendency is to maybe keep on swinging like that, but don't be worried. She also used the picture of maybe if you have said you are no longer welcome, out you go, and you put them out of the house and you close the door. They come around, they tap at the window like, are you sure I can't come in? I really liked it in there. Please, please. And so it could be that that's what these women coming in the restaurant are doing. Please, 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 please. I know we are no longer connected because the demonic entity has been removed, but it would be so nice to be reconnected to you again. Don't you think that could happen? So that could be what that is. It might not be. It might be that the Lord is like, I'm just going to do a healing work in your heart and give you my compassion. It also could be that he says, I am going to give you my compassion for these women, but not for the things that they carry, that what they carry is actually evil and against my kingdom. And as such, you've been given the discernment to say, ooh, something about this is not right. How can I establish a wall of protection? I have no problem when I go into my church congregation to say, if I'm getting a headache, I'm going to say the Lord rebuke you over that headache. If, and sometimes it is so strong, like, ooh, I'm about to pass out, or ooh, I could almost throw up. When that happens, again, It's not something to make a big deal about or be like, okay, which one is it, Lord? And maybe at some point he'll continue to upgrade my discernment so I'll be able to tell. But at least at the moment, it's like, no, I just am not interested in allowing these things to wreak havoc where I go. And so I get to say, no, I rebuke, the Lord rebuke you, the Lord rebuke you. I I do not come into agreement with whatever is happening here that is evil. Yeah, so Lord, I thank you for the record of the saints. I thank you that we have the opportunity today to be able to talk and share stories across time zones. Lord, that there is the opportunity to say, give me some more insight. Let's share our experiences. I thank you, Jesus, that you give us upgrades around how to make our world beautiful through prayer even if it might look like now we have to interact with some people who are really broken. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. Amen.